and entered a talent show. To my astonishment, I found very quickly that it felt better out on stage than it did dealing with the harsh realities of bills and rent payments. I stepped on to a magical platform where, miraculously, all my troubles melted away and everything suddenly seemed possible. Looking back on my adventures now, I've come to feel that, to an extent, I have triumphed over my background. I have hurdled quite a few barriers and undergone an amazing journey. I've got a beautiful wife and a wonderful daughter, and I've still got all my own teeth. But the truth is, all I've ever been looking for is peace and acceptance. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. Let's go back to the very start, just after my parents wisely dropped the idea of calling me Cassius Clay. Even though I now had a more commonplace British name, I was still blighted, afflicted with that hole in the heart. I was, for several years, seen as the weakling of the family. I suppose that underlined to me the sense that life was going to be a bit of a struggle and that I would always feel a bit detached from everyone else. My illness only heightened the feeling that, from the very beginning, I was somewhat different. When I was tiny, of course, I didn't know about the illness. Having only just taken my first gasps of air, I was too young, only one step up from a sperm, really, at the time. I could have died right there on the table and not known much about it, if it hadn't been for the hefty ward nurse at the Bristol Royal Infirmary who promptly scooped me up and, with a face that could crack nuts, sternly informed my mum, in a thick, unforgiving West Country accent, that she was taking me away to let the doctors have a look because there was something wrong. With that... She swiftly left the room, leaving my mum in stunned silence, exhausted and confused as to what the problem could possibly be, and feeling that her baby might not actually return. Eventually, I was returned to my mum, who was allowed to take me home. I still needed lots of monitoring, though. My dad was the son of a very hard and tough Welsh ex-miner, who later became a drill sergeant in the army. Dad complained that Grandad never really gave him any credit for anything. His attitude was, If you get knocked down, you just have to get back up again. Even though Dad joined the army to please his father and signed up for the boxing team, that still didn't cut it with Grandad. I think this informed Dad's whole outlook on life. My mum shared his sense of not fitting in. She was the daughter of an Irishman who left her to be adopted in Bristol. Subsequently, she suffered constantly from feelings of abandonment. So from a very early age, I realised things weren't exactly going to be a bed of roses around here, and somehow I always knew I was different. That feeling was only heightened by my parents, a couple who always seemed to be at war with the world. Anyway, after the first few years, my condition slowly improved, but there were still the regular bus journeys every week to Bristol Royal Infirmary, a much cherished day off school, and away from the grey, dull housing estate. As the bus took Mum and me through leafy fish ponds and the excitement of the busy Bristol city centre. As a scrawny five-year-old, I relished the attention from what seemed like angels. The beautiful nurses with their crisp, clean blue uniforms in tender looks of concern. Then there was a routine examination by the doctor, the cold stethoscope that made me jump every time he placed it on a new part of my chest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I thought. Surely I deserve more than a mm-hmm. That's a perfectly decent chest, that is. My height was taken and my weight. Then, after the examination, the doctor would hand me a lollipop from a jar on his desk, smiling as if giving a chimp a treat. You could tell from his face that he thought we were an unfortunate family. 
As he told me I'd done very well, he'd ruffle my hair with his hand. Then you'd see him secretly check to see if it had any dirt while he gave some quick words of advice to my mum. Never to me. After all, I was the one who was ill. My illness was never mentioned around our flat. The only indication I got that something was wrong was whenever I decided to run around the lounge. Then mum would quickly snap at dad to make me stop. She would argue with dad, accusing him of not keeping an eye on me. Why? I wondered. What could possibly happen? But I always knew there was something not quite right with me. And so did all the other kids when we lived. It's funny, kids can smell a defect a mile off. And whenever there's a game of football on the green at the front of the flats involving all the kids from around the estate, suspiciously, I would always be the first to be picked for a team, just so they could laugh at my ineptitude. My brother Wayne would do his best to look after me. Now, come on, you lot. He would remonstrate loud.